are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locks on Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locks on Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening to who? Always wonderful. And might I add, handsome host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. I know you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we got a jam-packed one for you today. We're going to be talking about who the Padres might be interested in in free agency. We're going to be talking about which Diamondbacks player Bleach Report thinks might get traded. And then finally, MLB.com did their top 10 hitters who want to avoid a repeat of 2020. So I'll tell you which Diamondbacks player fell on that list as well. But first, if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast, Locked On Diamondbacks, to listen to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDimebacks at gmail.com to find out more. All right, all right, all right. Let's get right into it. Let's first talk about those Padres rumors. And remember, these are just rumors like a lot of things in baseball. And right now, people are talking about MLB free agency heating up because some pitchers are going off. Look, uh, pitchers are going off the board. Look, I don't care that Mike Miner is signing with the team, okay? Mike Miner is not uh, some world beater pitcher. He's not changing the landscape of baseball, especially when given the fact that he's going to a team like the Kansas City Royals, who is arguably one of the worst teams in baseball. So a guy who's coming off a year, we had a 5-5-6 ERA in 11 starts, going to one of the worst teams in baseball. I'm not really going to uh, look too deep into it because I think still this free agency is uh, pretty garbage right now. And yes, we've seen some pitchers come off the board. We saw Charlie Morton sign with the Atlanta Braves, but we've seen a lot of just short-term deals, two-year, one-year deals. And that's kind of been the MO in baseball the last couple of years. And a lot of it also is going to be because of, you know, of course, the pandemic. Apparently, a team like the Philadelphia Phillies lost like $150 million because of the pandemic. So a lot of these teams are not going to want to shell out the money and send out big money this free agency. But one team that looks like they might not be too scared to hand out some fat contracts this free agency are the San Diego Padres because... There's some rumors swirling around that the Padres are testing the waters, not just with Trevor Bauer, but with Blake Snell as well. And we know Trevor Bauer is going to command a major deal in free agency. People think he's going to get somewhere in the in the neighborhood of $30 million a year. So if you're a team like the Padres, that's going to be a ton of capital to tie up to not just Trevor Bauer, but don't forget. They have Manny Machado on that roster. He's not some, you know, cheap guy either. He signed a 250 plus million dollar contract as well. So he's getting paid a lot of money. So to have, you know, what, almost a half billion dollars, probably not that much, but probably close to 350 
maybe 400 million tied up to just two players that's gonna be a lot of money but for a team like the Padres they just tasted the postseason something they don't taste too often they won against the Dodgers and they think maybe a Trevor Bauer or a Blake Snell is the missing piece we need and if you look at that Padres rotation it it stepped up big time in 2020 and I gave a lot of I gave a lot of crap to Jave Reyes you know the the host of the Lockdown Padres I thought Talking to him in the preseason, I thought this Padres team was going to be bad. I didn't think that rotation was going to be good at all. And my reasoning was because of what we saw in 2019. The Padres rotation was not good at all in 2019. And if you look at some of their players, they they kept a lot of the same guys around. But in 2020, a lot of those guys really stepped up and kind of had a bounce back or if not a breakout season for their team. And if you look at that Padres rotation, Zach Davies was really good. 27 years old, 7-4, win-loss record, 2-7-3 ERA. Strikeouts per nine wasn't too high, but walks per nine, 2.5. You like to see that. Uh, Din Nelson Lamette, he had a 2.09 ERA this year. He was in the running for a Cy Young with 12.1 strikeouts per nine. The dude was dominant this year. Mike Clevenger, the thing with Mike Clevenger is he was very good in 2020 as well, but we know he's undergoing Tommy John surgery, so we'll leave him off the list. And Chris Paddock, he might have struggled in 2020, a 4.73 year Ray, gave up 14 home runs and 59 innings pitch, but we know in 2019 he was pretty good. He's still only 24 years old, and he had a sub 3.5 year Ray in 2019, so you still believe he can be good. And then Garrett Richards is not some elite starting pitcher, but as your number five guy, He's pretty good, and then if you're telling me the Padres are going to add a guy like Trevor Bauer or Blake Snell to that rotation to have potentially Davis, Lamette, Paddock, and uh, Richards, and Bauer or Snell, that's going to be a dangerous five-man rotation. And then once you get Clevenger back, Davis, Lamette, let's say Bauer, Paddock, and Clevenger, that's a nasty uh, starting rotation. That will be one of the very best in baseball so if the Padres are able to pull that off I, I you know I gotta respect I gotta give respect to them because that's one hell of a move and you you will essentially be building a super team in your starting rotation and if Tatis maybe hits another level Manny Machado continues to continues to perform like the way he did last season because Tatis and Machado were both MVP candidates last season and then Trent Grisham really had a breakout season Eric Hosmer had a breakout season. Will Myers finally started coming around. You have Tommy Pham. This Padres team looks pretty stacked, and they look like a team that could be around for the foreseeable future. And they add a guy like Trevor Bauer or Blake Snell, it would only make it that much tougher to beat them in the NL West. And a team like the D-backs need to make some moves because this uh, a team like the Padres is getting better. A team like the Dodgers have multiple MVPs already in their lineup. So if you're a D-backs team, if you're the D-backs team, what can you do? What moves are out there where you can get better? Well, Bleacher Report believes there is one D-backs player that could be moved before the start of the 2021 season, and they think it's Eduardo Escobar. And we know all the talk this offseason when it comes to third base and potential third baseman that could be traded. A lot of the talk is going to be around uh, Nolan Arenado and Chris Bryant, but Eduardo Espar, he's coming off a really 
bad 2020. I mean, this COVID year for Eduardo Escobar was just awful. He looked like a shell of himself. He looked out of weight, and he just didn't perform up to standards that we've seen from Eduardo Escobar. I mean, in 2019, he had basically a career season. Had 270, had 10 stolen, or not stolen bases, had 10 triples, which led the National League. He had 35 home runs, 118 RBIs. A man was a consistent force in the middle of the D-backs lineup. But fast forward to 2020, everything fell off the, the map for Eduardo Espar. 212 average, a 270 OBP, OPS of 605, only four home runs. Where did Escobar's power go? It just completely stranded him. So Escobar, I think he could be in line for a bounce back in 2021. He's still only 31 years old, and he's not making a ton of money. He's only scheduled to make $7.5 million next year. So I think a team could easily buy low on Eduardo Escobar and really swoop him up from the D-backs because I don't think the D-backs would be looking for a major haul for Eduardo Escobar. I don't think they would get a major haul back for Eduardo Escobar. If they could get a couple of nice prospects back, I think they would be pretty happy with that. But for the D-backs, if they do want to make a move like that, if they do want to trade a guy like Escobar, I don't want to move down and trade him for prospects. I want to take Escobar Take a couple of prospects and hopefully package him to a team that needs a third baseman that also want a couple of prospects. And maybe we could get an upgrade at third base or maybe we can go out and get another great starting pitcher. Maybe Escobar and a prospect can get you a guy like Blake Snell. I just don't know. Maybe the Tampa Bay Rays feel like they have a need at third base. And so you never know who's out there. And if the D-backs, you know, want to package a guy like Eduardo Escobar, I think there are suitors for him considering he's not making a ton of money and he's had a pretty bad 2020. So I think guys would, I think teams would be down to buy low on Eduardo Escobar and the Rays right now have Yandy Diaz, uh, you know, patrolling third base, but he might be more of a platoon guy. He might not be their long-term option. So who knows? Escobar and maybe one of your top prospects, maybe that could go get a Blake Snell because the D-backs could use an elite starter next to a guy like Zach Gallon. If Madison Bumgarner is not able to bounce back, if Luke Weaver is not able to bounce back, they're going to need another starter in that rotation because it just won't be strong enough if we just put all our eggs in the Luke Weaver and the Madison Bumgarner basket. So for the D-backs, they need to be aggressive because we see teams like the Dodgers, like the Padres, they're going to go out there and be aggressive. A team like the Giants, they outperformed expectations in 2020. So why would they not be aggressive as well? And for a team like the Rockies, they might be they they might be having a little garage sale. They might be trading away some of their best players like a Trevor Story or a Nolan Arenado. So that could be a perfect team to go poach some stars from, even though I find it unlikely that a team like the Rockies wants to trade their star players to another rival in the NL West, in the NL West, but if you're the D-backs, you have to do something. If you're Mike Hazen, you have to do something. I know you're going to be scared to spend money, especially after that Bumgarner signing. I know you don't want to spend money because we're in a pandemic, but you have to be aggressive, and you see the teams in your division are getting better. You've been a competitive team the last three years. Let's go make a move, and let's try to get into the postseason in 2021. Now, coming up, I'll tell you which Diamondbacks hitter, according to MLB.com, doesn't want to repeat their 2020 season. But first... Welcome back 
to the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast, and let's get right into it, and let's look at MLB.com's list. They have 10 hitters who they say shouldn't and don't want to repeat their 2020 season, and they have one Diamondbacks player on this list, and that is Ketel Marte, and to summarize this little article, is basically talking about how he had a great 2019 season. Of course, he struggled a lot in 2020, but the weird thing about it is that his hard hit rate stayed basically the same. He was basically hitting balls as hard as he was in 2019 as he was in 2020. And not to mention that, he actually dropped his strikeout rate to the fourth lowest in baseball. So if he's hitting balls just as hard as he was last year, and he's actually striking out less, way less, actually won the best in Major League Baseball when it comes to not striking out, then why did he struggle so bad? Why was Ketel Marte's numbers across the board just phenomenally uh just not phenomenally i was trying to think of some kind of word there but just uh supremely should i say that supremely atrocious i mean this guy was a stud in 2019 he finished fourth in mvp voting but in 2020 he had, he had a nice 287 average but his ops at 732 isn't gonna cut it and two home runs like where did the power go he was a 30 home run guy in 2019 so how did he only how did he only end up with two in 2020 and maybe you think 2019 was an aberration an outlier year for him because of course Ketel Marte has never had a season like he had prior to 2019 if you look at his other years he never had more than 14 home runs from 2018 to 2015 but I think starting in 2018, we got to see some glimpses, some flashes of a breakout season from Ketel Marte. I mean, he did lead the league in triples in 2018 and still had 14 home runs. And then it all culminated in 2019 when he had a great breakout season. But then it all regressed in 2020. So the question is why? What happened to Ketel Marte? He's striking out less. He's hitting balls just as hard. So what happened? And a lot of people would point to bad luck. And I think you just can't use that in baseball. So many times people use stats and they justify baseball by just saying it's just poor luck. This guy's struggling because of poor luck. Look at his Babbitt. It's just poor luck. It, you know, that was a hard hit ball, but it was just poor luck. Well, I think in baseball, you also have to take into account that there's defenders on the field. I think we forget that sometimes. And defenses are there to make plays. And we it's not always bad luck when the team makes defensive plays. But for Ketel Marte... The difference with Ketel Marte is not just, you have to look deeper into the hard hit rate with Ketel Marte because in 2019, his hard hit rate on grounders was 35.8%. In 2020, his hard, his hard hit rate on grounders was 40.8%. So that's not really that big of a difference. But when you look at the fly balls, his hard hit rate on in 2019 went from 38% to 17% in 2020. So basically cut in half. So so Ketel Marte wasn't just hitting more hard grounders. He was essentially not hitting enough hard fly balls. And a lot of those hard hit fly balls end up being home runs because it depends on the ballpark you're in. Depends on, you know, just so many different variables, of course, like the ballpark. And so if you're hitting just not just less fly balls, but less hard hit fly balls, that's going to take down your power numbers a ton. And that's not to mention, you know, doubles and just gappers. A lot of those times, you don't even need those to be home runs. If you're just hitting a lot of hard contact into the outfield, there's going to be chances where, you know, you just get bloopers. You're going to hit those gaps. You're going to hit it against, you know, hit it away from the shift. So for Ketel Marte, he needs to get back to 
He needs to get back to looking at his launch angle and making sure he's getting those balls into the air. And that could have been the reason why Ketel Marte struggles so much. Maybe his launch angle wasn't the same it was in 2019 because he only he's hitting a few more grounders, but not a ton. He's not. It's not like he's gone from hitting way more grounders than fly balls. He's just not hitting as many hard hit fly balls. That contact when it's a fly ball, it's just a lot weaker. He might be hitting the same amount of fly balls, but just not as strong. And that's a big concern for Ketel Marte because his weighted on-base average, which is basically like your OBP, but it assigns more points depending on which base you reach. So a double is worth more than a single, and a triple is worth more than double. So for Ketel Marte, his weighted on-base average, or your WABA, in 2019 on just grounders was 243. But in 2020, it was 250. So he actually reached a further base or actually went deeper on the base pass when he hit grounders in 2020. So that means if it was a ground ball, it was more likely to be a double as opposed to a single in 2020 than in 2019. But when you look at his WABA for fly balls, his on his WABA in 2019 for fly balls, 522. But in 2020, it was just 0 0.90 or excuse me, 0 0.090, less than 100. So that means Ketel Marte basically was getting a double or a home run on his Waba in 2019, but in 2020, those are essentially outs almost every time, if not singles. So he he just wasn't getting the same opportunities he was in 2019 as he was in 2020. He wasn't going as deep on the base paths. He just had, you could say it's luck, but a lot of it is also just your approach to the game, your launch angle, and Ketel Marte is going to have to get back into the lab this season because the D-backs need Ketel Marte. They need him to get back to form. This guy was a stud in 2019, as I mentioned. He was the face of the franchise, and he seemed to be the next chosen one after that Paul Goldschmidt trade. And to see how he struggled in 2020 was really a big disappointment because at the very least, people thought he was going to be the bright spot for this team if they did struggle, and that's exactly what they did. But unfortunately, Ketel Marte struggled with the rest of the team as well. But he still is only 27 years old. He's still young. He still has a lot of time. He's still under a, a great contract for the D-backs team. So Ketel Marte, he needs to get into the lab. He needs to work on himself. And if he can improve that Waba, get his expected on-base average higher on those fly balls, because the hard hit rate is still there most of the time. He just needs to bring that power when it comes to those fly balls. And a lot of that just launch angle and just really studying yourself and studying your tape. So, Ketel Marte, get back in the lab and really work on your game because the D-backs need you. And a lot of their hopes to make the playoffs in 2021 rest on your shoulders. Now, that's it for this edition of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow where I'll have more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Go check out Locked On MLB Podcast, the official MLB podcast of the Locked On Podcast Network. That's Locked On MLB. Go check them out. Give them a follow. I had Paul. I was on it last week, actually, with Paul Francis Sullivan. You can call him Sully. So go check that out. Go check out that episode if you missed that. And please, guys, as always, stay healthy and stay safe. Deuces!